Hallelujah. It's been so powerful to hear even with Prophet Gibbert and Apostle Neville, but about their hearts, about what God's doing in these days. And even for me personally, what's really been impacting me in the scriptures is that God is filling this nation and this world with glory. Hallelujah. Are you guys still there? Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me just looking at you. Amen. God is filling this nation and this world with His glory. And I believe in these last days, we're going to see a greater manifestation of the glory of God than ever before. In churches, in businesses, in families, God is up to something in these days. I don't even think we realize what's going on. I had lunch recently with, with, a, with, with a great man in our nation. Uh, he was actually the advisor to our president. And he said to me, you know, Daniel, it's very interesting because he has shares in, in, the, in the Cape Town Stadium, that beautiful stadium. And he said, it's very interesting because the only time that stadium is filled up it's not when soccer games are busy happening. It's not when there's rugby games. Yes, tickets sell out. He was telling me. But the stadium is not filled completely up. But when there's a gathering of Christians, it's not, he's not a born-again believer. But when there's a church gathering, the stadium is full and even overflow people are outside. So I said to him, you know, that's a great point because the reason why for that is that stadiums, arenas were not designed just for rugby games. Arenas and stadiums and fields were not just designed for soccer games. But these stadiums that we have were designed for gatherings of saints to come together to worship Jesus, hallelujah, as the church, as the body of Christ. And I believe we're going into a day right now where we're gonna see such an acceleration of church growth that we're gonna to have to turn to the Cape Town Stadium. We're gonna to have to turn to bigger spaces. We're gonna to have to go to fields. We're gonna to have to have open, open air crusades. Hallelujah. Because this is what God is doing in these days right now. There's no place in scripture that says the whole earth Numbers 14, verse 21, different scriptures. There's no place in scripture that says the whole earth shall be filled with the Antichrist. The Bible says that the whole earth shall be filled with His glory. Hallelujah. Not with corruption, not with coronavirus, but with the glory of God. Amen. This is why we are contending for another move in South Africa to see God's glory come back to the schools, back to the universities, back to the churches, back to the businesses. And this is why we as the church can't be quiet about it. We were okay when, when COVID hit with a mask, but now we don't have to wear a mask, but for some of us, we still wear a spiritual mask. More than ever, we as the church, we as believers need to be louder in this hour for Jesus, amen. 
Because God's plan for this nation, for this globe is glory. Whoopsie. Because the Bible says we go from glory to glory. The Bible says that He brings many sons into glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of? The whole earth shall be filled with? Who is this King of glory? Hallelujah. (laughs) So this is God's plan for this nation, for this church, in your life. And once again, we as believers need to be very careful to limit the glory even just to a church meeting, a revival meeting, to an outreach. I was, I was preaching on Friday night and I was saying, you know, when you get born again, when you become a new creation, you can actually have outreach every day of your life. You can actually go on a mission trip every day of your life. Hallelujah. You don't have to just take out a Saturday morning to go win souls, but every day of your life, you can be doing that, amen. And that is the mandate for we as believers, yes, with our money, but also in our day-to-day life. Hallelujah. Everything we do needs to be reflecting the glory of God. When people see our marriage, um, when people see our church business, people can know there's something different about that person. So there's a life we can live in Christ because the greater one lives inside of us. Hallelujah. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus because the one that conquered death lives inside of you now. You're born of God. You don't have to fail. Amen. You can have victory in your life because greater He that is in you than He is in the world. And you've been accepted once and for all by the Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. So we don't have to ever be rejected again. People's opinions, people's, you know, people's words, nah. Are you hearing me? Just die to yourself, amen. We pray the prayer, Lord, more of you, less of me, but I wanna tell you tonight, just die to yourself. Amen. Because when Jesus sets you free of you, you're free from other people. People's opinions don't hurt you anymore because you know the one opinion that matters most. You know what His Word says about you, that all His promises are yes and amen. That He never changes. Hallelujah. So we don't have to have offense. Offense stops so many Christians from living their life out in God. No, but that pastor didn't greet me there at the church. That person said that, didn't, looked at me funny. It's okay, amen. We have to forgive and move on. Hallelujah. John 14 verse 12 says, "Is truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and even greater works than these he will do because I am going to be with the Father. Hallelujah. This is Jesus speaking to us, that He says we will do greater works than He will do in these days. And I was just pondering on that because, you know, you read the Gospels 
And you see that Jesus healed the blind, dealt with the demon possessed, dealt with Lazarus, Lazarus come forth from the dead. Jesus saw some great miracles, are you hearing me? But then I realized, I believe that Jesus, these greater miracles, the greater works that Jesus is speaking about here is salvation. Because Him writing this over here, He hadn't yet died for the sins of the world. So I believe we as believers, we as the church, will see a great amount of the harvest of souls come in this hour like never before. We will see more souls saved than ever before. And like I'm saying, not just me on a podium in Africa, but every Christian right now, because it is a season of harvest. It is the time for harvest right now. Everywhere we go right now in, in the streets, in the schools, meeting with businessmen, businesswomen, meetings, church meetings, whether we in South Africa, Russia, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Ukraine, America, when the gospel is preached, people are turning to the Lord just like this. Because that's what Jesus is doing in these days. He's getting His church ready, hallelujah. He's not coming back for a church that's struggling. Are you there? You guys can hear me? He's not coming back for a church struggling that doesn't know who she is. He's coming back for a victorious bride. So that's what we have to do as believers. We have to go, we have to shine. I prefer being down there. I get a better reaction out of you guys. Amen. No one's falling asleep. If you guys fall asleep, I'm going to get the camera to put you up on the screen. Amen. But life is beautiful. Amen. Come on, say joy. As I said, people say, you're such a joy guy. Like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a depression guy. I'm joy. Amen. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. If you don't have the joy, when last were you in His presence? Amen. That's nice, now I can see everybody here. This is so much nicer. So I can actually see who's listening. But it's so powerful because in Acts 2, if anyone has your Bibles, we can go to Acts 2. And I've actually never shared this publicly, but I was just thinking of it earlier. And it's so powerful because, you know, Jesus saves the best wine for last. Can you say amen? amen? He saves the best for last. And this was so powerful because I just got to find it. Yeah. When the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, we know the story about how the Holy Spirit fell. The mighty rushing wind came, filled all the people that were there. And the Bible says some people mock them, saying these people are filled, filled with wine, not new wine. And the Bible says Peter stood up 
And that was his first sermon he preached. A man that denied Jesus in front of a little girl. A few chapters back, now stands up there because of that boldness, because of that courage, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It comes upon him. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. And then you shall be my witness. People want to go be witnesses for God, for Jesus, without the power. So you only become a Jehovah witness. But we need the power to be a witness. When you're running a race, <laughs> when you're running a race, do you need power at the beginning of the race or at the end of the race? The beginning, hallelujah. And so in the Christian world, in the Christian life that you live, you need that power, amen, of the Holy Ghost to overcome and to live the Christian life. So it's not a one day thing, but it's so powerful here because the Bible says that he stood up over here. Verse 14, but Peter standing with the 11 raised his voice and addressed them, you Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be explained to you that you will know and understand, listen closely to you what I have to say. For these men are not drunk as you imagine, for it's only the third hour of the day. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass in the last days, declares God, that I will pour out of my Spirit upon all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Sometimes I get dreams, so sometimes I think I'm a lot older than I really am. But kidding. But I was reading that over and over and I, and I saw something. Because in every translation, I saw the exact same thing. Does the Bible say that God will pour out, what does the Bible say? I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind? No. No. I'm gonna show you what it says here. I will pour out of my Spirit upon all mankind. It was of. If I'm to see Prophet Gebert and I say, and I, and I, and I speak normal English here, and I'm in Pretoria, I'm sure you'll catch what I'm saying here. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give some time to Prophet Oh, I'm gonna give my time to profit. They will say, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna give my time to profit, yeah, but am I right? But now I, if I say, I'm gonna give of my time to profit, it's only part of my time, only part. Are you hearing me? Because this was the beginning of the church, amen. The church was established, Acts 2, amen. The Bible says 3,000 got saved. It's pretty good for a first sermon. After not denying a girl, Peter stands up and preaches 3,000 people. But it says that this was, prophesied, this was prophesied of the prophet Joel, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. 
And I believe we're living in a day and age right now that's not gonna just be a part of the Holy Spirit because He saves the best wine for last. Hallelujah. We're gonna see the fullness of the Holy Spirit poured out the fullness of the power, poured out more than we've ever seen before. Hallelujah. That it won't just be part, it won't just be of my spirit, but it'll be my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you catching me? The glory that you don't have to hide. When Moses asked for the glory, the Bible says when Moses came down that mountain, he had to hide himself. He couldn't show his face to the people. Are you hearing me? But greater glory, amen. A glory that doesn't bring condemnation. An everlasting glory that doesn't fade away as the Bible says. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says, can you imagine coming down from that mountain, this encounter with God, now he has to, I don't know what he put there, maybe a blanket, I don't know. But imagine now coming down from there, he has to now hide, he has to hide the glory. We're not under an old covenant, amen. We're under a new and better covenant. But now we don't hide the glory. The Bible says in Matthew 5 that you are the light of the world, that you are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Before you had to hide the glory, now you can't hide the glory of God. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. You can't hide what God's about to do in this nation, in this church, in your lives. You're pretty hungry coming out on a Sunday night, listening to a white soti. <laughs> Shows you're pretty hungry for God, amen. And God's about to move in your life in a powerful way. But when you get touched by God, by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, you can't hide it. You're not embarrassed. We do a lot of traveling. We're about to, we have a campaign, but then we're going to be in, the Euro, in Europe. And many times at the airport, as you're about to go into the gate, you know, you're about to put your bags through to be examined. And there sometimes you have a friend that comes to say goodbye to you or a family member. You know what I'm talking about? At that gate there by the border control. And many times I'm there, I see, you know, a couple there and they will be weeping at the gate, crying. And then I'll just keep watching them. And all of a sudden they hug each other because now they don't, one of them maybe has to go away somewhere. I don't know where they have to go. But obviously the one is very sad because, you know, the lady wants to go with the guy. But now she doesn't want to let him go. And now he has to go because he's going to miss his flight. So now they have to say goodbye. So now they give each other a big hug 
and they're in front of everybody. They give each other the biggest kiss. I mean, that kiss probably lasts two minutes. And it ain't stopping. And people are walking past. I'm busy staring. And they ain't stopping. But they're not embarrassed. They don't care who's around them because they're in love. Are you hearing me? And when we get to that point with the Lord, when we fall so in love with Jesus, we won't care who's around us. Amen. We won't be afraid of sharing Jesus. But what will my boss say? What will my mother-in-law say? What will this person say? When you're in love, you don't care. You're bold, amen. You can't hide the glory. You can't, you're ashamed of this gospel for it's the power unto salvation. Amen. When BM and myself started dating, she stayed very far in a town called Kukunop. Only when we got married did I learn to say it properly. It's about four hours out of Cape Town. And if she was to phone me any time the, in the morning, night, it doesn't matter. I would be there at her place. And husbands, you know what I'm talking about. If your wife's to phone you at any time, you will be there. Because you love her. Are you hearing me? And what will we do for God when we get to a point of falling so in love with Him that we will go where He wants us to go, we will do what He wants us to do any time of the morning, any time of the night, the nations that we will go to because we're in love with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. great to get my steps in. But you can live in that place in love with Him, with the Lord. That you've been redeemed. Say, I've been redeemed. That I've been restored. That I'm holy. That I'm blameless. That I'm righteous. You can actually live in that place. Well, you don't have to face condemnation because now you are righteous. You're in right standing with God. Amen. You've now been united back to God because of His Son. Jesus was separated on that cross so that you never have to be separated again. He took upon sin so you don't have to walk in sin. Are you hearing me? Good to see you. You're getting a special smile. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we can go to 2 Corinthians. Two Corinthians three, verse five. 
Not that we are fit, qualified. I'm reading out of the Amplified Translation, so it's very loud. <laughs> Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and our ability and sufficiency are from God. It is He who has qualified us. I want to tell you tonight, if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you are qualified. Hallelujah. Though maybe you feel unqualified, I want to tell you, you're qualified through Jesus. Amen. You have been qualified. It is He who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of a letter of legally written code, but of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Remember when that woman was caught in the act of adultery? And the Pharisees, Pharisees brought her to Jesus. They said, according to the law of Moses, she should be stoned to death. And what I've noticed today, and I'm gonna say this because it's the only way we're gonna step, step into real glory, amen, into a life of miracles and victory. Because so many Christians today still see themselves according to the law. Because who knows the devil's under our feet? Amen. The devil's a defeated foe. Jesus paid the price once and for all. So the devil's not not an issue. The problem is the law. We still see ourselves according to the law. So condemnation, guilt, unworthiness, feeling unqualified, that comes in. That's why Moses had to hide the glory when he, when he saw when he was with God on that mountain. Are you hearing me? But grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But of the Spirit, for the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. Now, if the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone, the ministration of the law was with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to even look steadily at the face of Moses because of its brilliance, a glory that was, about, was to fade and pass away. Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry, whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory? For if the service that condemns had glory, how infinitely more abounding in splendor and glory must be the service that makes righteousness the ministry that produces and fosters righteous living and right standing with God. Indeed, in view of this fact, what once had splendor, the glory of the law in the face of Moses has come and ha- has come to have no splendor at all. Because of this overwhelming glory, 
that ex exceeds and expounds it, the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus. For if that which was but for, for if that which was but passing and fading away came with such splendor, how much more that which remains and is permanent abide in glory and splendor. Since we have such since we have had such glorious hope, such joyful confidence, expectation, we speak freely and openly and fearlessly. Sorry, guys. Hallelujah. So if that glory of the old covenant had so much glory, how much more glory, how much more splendor do we as believers, not under the old covenant, not bought with the blood of bulls and goats, but bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, have today, not under the old, but under the new, amen. Not under a world system, but in Christ, amen. You are in Christ Jesus. That brings life. That restores, amen. The woman with the issue of blood, no name. The Bible says that she knew if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. Her first interaction with Jesus, Jesus doesn't just call her a certain woman, he calls her daughter. Daughter, son, child, he gives you an identity. And that's what the gospel does, hallelujah. If the gospel is not good news, it's not good news. It's not the gospel. If it brings fear, unbelief, sadness, heaviness, it's religion. It's not the gospel, amen. That's why when we come to, the, come to church, the Bible says, I was glad when I came to the house of the Lord. Glad, not sad, not mad, but glad. Happy, amen, joy. Say joy. The Chinese underground church say that joy is the energy of the Holy Spirit. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. I had a dear friend recently in China and he went there to go do mission work. And he was so shocked because these people they, they're completely taken away. When you go minister there, a guy wakes there with, waits there with a motorbike and you have to give your phone to the guy on the motorbike and that guy drives a different location. And then you go to the church to go minister. But he says they're the most happy people he's ever met in his life. He says you just sit with them and they just look at each other and they begin to laugh. And he said to them, do you know, do you know Pastor Rodney Hart Brown? They said, who? Who's Pastor Rodney? Who's Kenneth E. Hagen? Just the life they live, the joy, amen. It bubbles out, that fountain bubbles out, amen. Hallelujah. You guys okay? I was casting out a demon from a woman and I was going at it at this woman 
going at it, going at it, going at it. In the name of Jesus, come out, come out. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit hit me in my stomach. Poof. And I began to laugh. Just couldn't get a word out. And all of a sudden, this woman that I was struggling with for a few minutes received her freedom in a moment. Hallelujah. The power of joy, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I come from an incredible heritage. I'm a sixth generation preacher and my grandpa is a powerful missionary and he used to be a Dwimini in Stellenbosch. And you know, when you're Dwimini with him, especially him, he would attack charismatic Pentecostal churches, anyone that spoke in tongues, that any, any lifting of your hands, he attacked that, man. And the one day he was praying, getting ready for a service, and he had an encounter with Jesus, where Jesus said to him, go get water baptized. And this is a Dwimini. The Lord even has plans for Dwiminis, hallelujah. Amen. So this Dwimini, my Opa, thought, okay, didn't even know who to baptize him. He just asked his brother, you have to baptize me. You have to dunk me down. Not the sprinkling. And as he was baptized, as he came out, out of the water, he, he began to speak in other tongues. A man that persecuted tongues, that spoke against tongues for so many years, in a moment when the Holy Spirit touched him, he began to speak in tongues. And he wept and wept and wept. So now the Sunday came from, he had to speak at his inchekak. Um, and he prepared, did everything as usual. And he opened up his Bible. It's a true story. He said, today, I wanna speak from Ephesians verse. And he couldn't say the verse. He began speaking in other tongues in front of his church, in front of this Enchirkak. I wanna speak to you about Ephesians verse. Shakala mantera lalaba. he's never changed most joyful man of God you will meet today most the biggest lover of the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere he goes he doesn't even need a pulpit to preach amen but that river flows out of you you can't contain it amen that's why the anointing is upon you that's why the that's why you get touched by the presence that's why you come to meetings like this is to be filled up is to go amen the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach. Hallelujah. In other words, for action. We're not called to sit still and to be quiet and keep everything to ourselves. We have to be a people that can't contain the Lord Jesus Christ inside of us. Hallelujah. That when you meet people, man, you just wanna to speak to them about the Lord. When I go through the shopping mall, I just hear some ladies over here speaking about what they bought in Woolworths, what this person bought in Truworths, what they bought over here. It's because they're passionate about shopping. Are you hearing me? 
So when we rise up and get passionate about the things of God, there will be nothing else on our lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.